0: Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast.
1: Hey, can I listen to it?
0: Hi, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom a reminder that what you do every day is life changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever comprehend. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique. And amazing. And he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Today I'm joined by actress and mom Lisa Lloyd, and she's going to share about how a painful event in her life built her passion to make God famous, even in an industry that pushed her to pursue her own fame. We're also going to talk about social media and how we can make God famous in our season and our spheres of influence. So let's get started today with our chat with Lisa Lloyd. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast today. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, I would love for you to just to give everyone a little bit introduction to you and to your family.
1: Yeah. Well, yes, I'm I'm Lisa. I live in McKinney, Texas, and I've been married to my hubby for 15 years. Marcus and I've been married for quite a while. It's funny because I've been used to be the young. <laughs> i had been <laughs> married forever. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you've been married for five years. You're so old. <laughs> and now I'm like the 15 year old, like ancient one. <laughs> but, Double um, digit. yeah, exactly. Like, golly. And then we have two boys, uh, Marcus Jr. And we call him Deuce because he's the second. I like that. And he's nine. He's a third grader. And then we have Solomon, who is six and he is a first grader and two dogs. Two crazy dogs, and I'm I'm a speaker. I'm an actor. I'm a writer, um, and I love doing all of that. It's a lot of fun. Crazy, crazy, busy life, but it's good. So that's not something usually that my
0: podcast guests say when they're (laughs) introducing themselves. You know, especially the actor part. We have have had (laughs) authors on here, and I know to me theater and acting is all extremely foreign. So I would love uh, to hear a little bit how you got into that.
1: Yeah. I auditioned for my well I was a dancer. I was I grew up being a dancer like probably a lot of your your listeners um danced quite a bit and just kind of that's what girls girls did and then auditioned for my first play when I was in 3rd grade. I auditioned for Babes in Toyland at the Amarillo Little Theater. <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of kept uh, acting, you know, and dancing as I grew up and was in high school. And then I went to SMU and got my degree in theater, and met my husband doing theater um, at the Dallas Theater Center. We were both seniors. I was at SMU, and he was at TCU, and we were doing Guys and Dolls together there. And then I just we just kind of kept doing that. We lived in LA for about a year, and came back to Dallas and kind of did some lots of church work. I got involved in some creative church work um, stuff on stage where I was doing, you know, creative children's productions and that kind of thing for churches. And, but in the meantime I was still doing acting and I was still doing commercials and I was doing industrials. I got an agent when I, Marcus and I were first married. And so that's what I do. That's what I do. I haven't, I haven't done theater in a while and I I do miss it. I, I, did that for the longest time. And then when we had kids, you know, like your life just gets insane. And, you know, you don't have I could go and audition for some more theater, but that a lot of that happens at night. And right now my kids still want me around <laughs> because they're young. And so I wanna just take advantage of that time. And so I, I instead I audition for the commercials and I do the shoots that happen while they're away at school in elementary school so that I'm usually back home by the time they get back. So
0: I love that. So you're at the school pickup line, like, (laughs) what'd you do today? I went to the grocery store. I went to the library. (laughs) I did a commercial shoot, you know, as you do.
1: (laughs) Just kind of an everyday thing. I wish it was every day. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. So
0: I have a question for you and everybody listening.
1: You're going to need to pop over to the
0: show notes at inspiredtoaction.com to see why I'm asking this question. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Wonder Woman?
1: Oh my gosh! Thank you. <laughs> um, I sometimes I, I have gotten that, um, especially I was Wonder Woman a couple years ago for Halloween, and that worked out well. <laughs> um, uh, but except it was a very very conservative Wonder Woman, black jeans. You know, nice. I wasn't uh, walking around the neighborhood in uh, little. Swanky little outfit, um, but thank you. Um, I've I've gotten that a, a couple times. I remember the first
0: I, time I met you, uh, we were both speaking at I think it was Project Mom uh-huh. in a conference in Dallas, and I
1: was like, "She looks just like Wonder Woman." <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you. I I take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. It's meant
0: as a compliment because growing <laughs> up, to me, Wonder Woman was so cool. I'm like, who oh. doesn't want an invisible airplane?
1: Oh my gosh! I my boys asked me what. Who's your favorite superhero? You know, because they're so into superheroes and they're wanting it to be some sort of male suit. I'm like, it's Wonder Woman, y'all! It is Wonder Woman with the bracelets, you know, the cuffs. Yes. Oh, and her invisible plane and her lasso, and she was so cool. Linda Carter was just awesome. I loved her. (laughs) So,
0: what got you inspired in in acting? Were Were there you know people on TV or in film that inspired you in the process, or was it just diving into that third grade third grade production?
1: I think I, I think it was a third grade production. Somebody asked me once when I was a little girl, like, who's your favorite actor? And I loved incredible Hulk at the time, you know, Lou Ferrigno. Uh-huh. I was like, it's Lou Ferrigno, the incredible Hulk, the green guy, you know, but, <laughs> but so funny. I don't know that he inspired me. He was just really cool, you know? Um, and, but, but yeah, I think it was just being on stage and I, I loved being able to communicate on stage you know, whether as a dancer, I wasn't necessarily the best dancer. I wasn't very limber. Um, but I really love being able to communicate like with my face and make eye contact with my audience. And I, you know, you get to do that as an actor too. You get to communicate the, the screenwriter's message or the playwright's message. And I, I just love, I love that because I love to see what people, you know, people moved or changed or challenged to, think differently to be better when they leave than they were when they came in the room or when they sat down and watched whatever. And so, yeah, I think it was just, just a, a love for a love for communicating that inspired me.
0: That's, I th- that really cracks me up that the third grade dancer girl was inspired by Lou Ferrigno.
1: Oh, right. Like, <laughs> like so how unexpected. non you know, like graceful is he? <laughs> I mean, but you know, like Bill Bixby and then like he would like yep. turn green and rip open his <laughs> jeans. And I mean, it was so cool. I, I got to go back and watch some of those shows. I got to figure out how to watch those again. Show okay, so my boys, all,
0: all the millennial moms listening right now, you'll have to just YouTube it if you need to know what we're talking about, because uh, I know there's a lot of very young moms listening and you might not remember. Lou Ferrigno and Wonder Woman or all that stuff. So that's a, that's a fun YouTube afternoon for you. Absolutely. Uh, Lisa, so tell me a little bit about your journey uh, with the Lord. How did you come to know the Lord?
1: I came to know the Lord when I was a six-year-old little girl watching the 700 Club. Um, That's another YouTube thing actually, but don't, don't, you know, if you you, you haven't missed much, (laughs) but there was like a puppet show on TV and my mom was in the other room talking with some friends and Um, these little, these puppets, like singing cats and dogs, you know, asked me, you know, asked their audience, do you want to know that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? And I, I said, yeah, my mom had talked to me about Jesus. We'd gone to church and, you know, so I had a, I had a good idea of who Jesus was. And so I just prayed with them and prayed with the puppets and (laughs) and I came, I, I, I believe I just knew, I know that I was a believer, you know, it's like as much as an elementary girl can understand that, you know, but, um, I just knew that God was within me now. But then when I got into middle school and high school, um, I kind of walked, I just walked away from the Lord. I kind of traded the voice of God for the voice of my peers and, um, especially young boys. I wanted to be loved by them. And, um, I, 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 uh, just made choices with them that, that were not, even though I had the spirit, the Holy spirit within me, I kind of ignored him and made choices that he, I knew he didn't want me to make that. Um, so, but then by the time I was 18 years old, I was headed to SMU and I found out that I was, I was pregnant and I was really, I was just, I was just scared to death. And, as a believer, I knew what God wanted me to do. And I knew that would, that was going to be the end of my life, so to speak. And my life was going to change. I was no longer necessarily going to, if I kept this baby, I wasn't going to be able to go do my acting thing and go to New York and be on Broadway. Like I had dreamed. And so, um, I decided I was going to terminate, um, my pregnancy and that's what I did. And yet, but Jesus, right? Like Jesus, Mm -hmm um, just through a friend one day, um, who had been pursuing me, my friend had been pursuing me. Jesus had been pursuing me through her said, what are you doing? I mean, God's got big plans for you, Lisa, but he can't, he can't implement them with you still, you know, living like this. And in that moment, God, just like, I just felt the Holy spirit, like grab me and, 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 and I felt his forgiving arms. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry could we just start over? And he just, as he does said, absolutely, you know, absolutely. I want to use you for my glory and I want to use your story for my glory. And so, you know, Kat, I, I just, I accepted his, his grace and his forgiveness and I've, I've just never been the same. Was that
0: in college or was that that same season right before you went
1: off to SMU? That was that same season. It was about two months after, after my abortion, um, and I went and I, you know, I, I went about 10 years after that, before I went and got post abortion counseling, I thought I'd been forgiven or I knew I'd been forgiven. Of course I was, but to really deal with the the grief and the shame and the buried emotions that I felt, you know, I refused to feel anything about my abortion. I just didn't, I was, didn't want to feel it and I didn't know I buried feelings. And so I went through some post abortion counseling and that was radically life changing as well. And, you know, I just think God wants to use us. I think we, God wants to use our stories. He wants to use our past. He wants to use what we feel like, you know, get so embarrassed and shameful about what we've done. And we think, gosh, God could never use me and look at what I've done. and I'm an embarrassment. And, and that's just such a lie. You know, God wants to use us. He wants, because what it does is it brings him glory. It makes him famous. You know, people never listen to my story and go, how did, what were you thinking? they look and they go, how good is God? Mm. You know, they, they point their, their finger up and they point their chin up and they give him great glory. They're like, who is this amazing God? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And that's, that's God's purpose in our redemption, right? Is, is not just so that we get saved and we have this amazing relationship and a love affair with him, but that people look at us and they go, oh, I got, I got to have some of this God that you have, you know? So good. So good. And I, you know, I think, people could look
0: at your life and say oh well she's you know an actress and she does all these cool things she's probably never had uh, you know a difficult season in her whole entire life and and by being mm. vulnerable and being open and sharing your story other women can see oh wow she has she has a story too she's had things in her life that have been difficult and hard and that she's worked through and those are the things that have made her you know who she is today and right. um i think that is such a powerful thing because you know in our current world with with social media with all the highlight reels that everybody shares of their life it's
1: easy to think that everybody has it together except me yes i i'm oh my gosh right like it's so easy to post the happy things and the good things and i think that social media can skew our perception of of the reality of the world that we live in and the people that we're friends with and i think it takes bravery um and I watch people do it to be brave and be vulnerable on social media, you know, or just in life. And I think it does set people free to know that, gosh, I'm not alone. And, um, and I think, and it brings, it brings God glory when we set, when, when we share our stories and when we get vulnerable. And, um, cause yeah, I just think, I think it's really important and it's hard, but it's, it's important that we do that.
0: How do we do that? wisely? Because, you know, it could be easy just for me to turn on Insta story and then, you know, look, here's my dirty toilet. Look, here's my, you know, just, just to verbally vomit, I guess you could say yeah, Yeah. everything. How, How do we balance that so that our struggles and whatever can still be used for his glory? You know, that balance between vulnerability and honesty and maybe in a sense, not oversharing, but just sharing without wisdom. How do we walk in wisdom as we walk in vulnerability?
1: Yeah. I think sometimes that social media, I don't know, is always the place to be like super crazy vulnerable, like with our deep, dark secrets of our past. I mean, I don't know whether that's, maybe that could be done on a blog or, and shared that way or done on a Facebook, you know, story of some kind or, you know, maybe, but I think one of the ways that we can share our, our stories, allow the light of God to shine on our dark, our dark stuff is, is even when we're hanging out with moms or we're hanging out in our life group, like a mom's group or something. And and we start, we have, and God gives us the opportunity to share that we, we just bravely boldly step into that space and Mm -hmm. share and trust and, and trust God in that and trust that there are other women in that room Or in that circle that maybe they've gone through the same thing, or maybe they haven't, but they have gone through something, and they need to know that they're not alone. And it's a gift that we get to that we give them when we share. I think that yeah, that's a hard that's a hard line. Like, how do I how do how do I know when to share? How do I know how do I know what to share? And I think we have to really just kind of be open and and pray um, that that God will open up the doors. And I think sometimes it just takes. Sometimes one time, sharing sharing just one time with someone that we trust, a good friend, and saying, "Hey, I got it. I just want to share my story with you um, that that gives us the bravery and the courage to do it the second time when God opens that door.
0: Mm-hmm. and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head that when we feel like we're called to be vulnerable, maybe even for the first time, that needs to be with our real life friends, the people that we truly interact with, and then it can expand from there so that when it hits social media, when we share something more vulnerable, it's hopefully stuff that we've sort of worked through to the extent that I can share this and be a blessing to the people who read, view, whatever, instead of sharing it and then it being a burden to them. You know, they're like, oh, well, that feels just kind of like I got left on. So yeah. I think you 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 really got it that it's it's sharing it with the the real people in our life because that takes even more bravery. It's almost easier to share with the masses on social mm. media than it is to sit face to face with someone and to share our story. Right. Um so you went off to SMU and you're pursuing theater and acting and all this stuff that most often we associate with fame and pursuing fame. How did you balance your faith and the pursuit of fame that is often associated with theater and acting. Mm.
1: I didn't do that well for a while. (laughs) I kind of pursued my own, my own fame, my own, you know, applause, the, you know, the applause of man, the affirmation of people, the you go and you're so great. Like I wanted that. I craved that. I longed for that. And Um, and yet I still, you know, had kind of a, you know, I was still trying to build my relationship with God too. And, and yet God kind of crossed those two for me one day on the way to an audition. He said, I just sensed him. I was nervous. I was, it was for like a Harris Methodist hospital audition in Dallas. And I was driving down the tollway and I just sensed the Lord say to me, Lisa, I want you to go make me famous at this audition and not yourself. And. I contemplated what that would look like, you know, and really that was going to be me not worrying about booking the job, you know, to, to go in. How can I be a light in this environment that I'm walking into, into my workspace? How can I, um, build a relationship with these actors that I might know, or I might not know. How can I use this gift that God has given me to stand before the director and not want to be enough, not want to be pretty enough or quirky enough or, you know, enough. How can I just stand before him and say, God, use this talent for your glory and shine. I want you, I want to receive the applause of you because I've already got it more than I want the applause of anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, and then the booking of the job was up to him. It wasn't up to me and it took the pressure off and it really, you know, allowed me to approach my work differently, approach life differently. God, how can I glorify you? How can I make you famous to my husband today? How can I make you famous to my kids today? How, you know, how can I do that to the barista at Starbucks? Like just by being, just being where you got at work and let me go where you're at work. Let me, let me be about what you're about, not what I want to be about but what you're about. And so, um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's been a journey for me and I, and I have to battle it every day because, you know, I will say I am the most self-centered person. I know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I am, you know, and I have to battle that. That's not something I figured out or I've mastered. That's something I have to daily die to me. And sometimes I do it well, some moments I do it well and other moments I just, I, you know, fail miserably, but I know making God famous is what I'm here to do. And and so I'm, I'm just trying. That's so
0: good, because whether or not, you know, I'm not an actress and never have been. But even going like on my son's school field trip yesterday, as I was, you know, driving down there, I was thinking of all the things that I would share about myself with all these people that I only sort of, you know, barely know. And then at some point, it was just sort of like the, the, the palm to the forehand smack, forehead smack. You're like, wait yeah. a second. <laughs> that's not, that's not the whole point of this. And, and I know it's so easy to walk into social situations feeling a little bit insecure and wanting to build that up. And so thinking of how can I make myself seem, Important, how can it be impressive? Is this outfit right? Is you know, and that's it comes to the core of why we get so stressed out and insecure about going into situations because we're looking to build ourselves up. But if we walk into those situations, just like you're saying, how can I make God famous by loving on these people, by encouraging these people? Yes, it removes that insecurity so much.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't, it, I don't care about what I'm wearing, mm-hmm. right. I don't care about like m- what my hair looks like, or if I've got my makeup on or whatever, because it's not about me, it's about God, you know? And, and I think people, people sense that people know when we're about ourselves. I know when I'm about myself and, you know, I think and it, it I think it, it just, it does, it takes the pressure off and it. it's, it's like, it's like breathing again, you know, it's because, mm-hmm. because it's the way I think God has, asked us to live. And so there's life in that there's joy in that, as opposed to living with my index finger pointed towards my chest, which I'm so Mm -hmm. prone to do.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I think I was like 18 years old. I remember I had just come to Baylor and I don't remember the exact situation, but I remember having the realization, you all 18 years old, having the realization that the world did not revolve around me. (laughs) (laughs) like it just occurred to me like oh wow everybody else has their own little lives that you know things are happening and and, and, you know i knew that to some extent but it was just this bigger realization that the world was not revolving around Mm -hmm. me and what was happening with me but everybody else was experiencing this you know what i was experiencing that life everybody had their own little lives and it is very humbling and pathetic to, to say that but it was at 18 years old that that finally occurred to me. And it's just so easy to let life revolve around us and just to think about us. And it's something that I still struggle with on a regular mm. basis, especially, you know, Lisa, now with kids, life gets so busy and it's so easy just to focus on our own little tornado of a world and life yeah. going around and around.
1: Um, yeah, totally, totally. What are some
0: things that as you whether this could be going into an audition and trying to make God famous that you could, you know, stories and examples that you could share with us about that, but then that we can maybe translate into just everyday life, or it could be everyday situations where you're just trying to do the same thing. How can we walk Mm -hmm. in a way to make him famous and, and get out of that little tornado of self-centeredness?
1: Right. Well, you know, when I'm going into auditions, sometimes I have to take my kids with me and, um, you know, I'm, I will pray out loud in the car you know, God help me to make you famous at this audition today, and not myself. And my kids hear that. You know, and I talk to my kids about, you know, I I, I think that's one of the, one of the ways I think that we can get out of that whirlwind, that tornado of meedum. You know, mm-hmm. is is to help our kids hear our inner prayers and inner thoughts. You know, about how, about you know how how we can, we can glorify God in our everyday lives. And, and so I'll tell my kids, you know, what it looks like to, to make God famous. If this audition would be kind of what I just would just just shared. And I don't have, because I think, you know, kids, kids want to be loved and accepted too, just like mm-hmm. I do. And so I'm just kind of sharing with them, like, here's, I'm just walking with God. I'm trying to walk with God. I'm walking with God. And I want you to I'm going to bring you along with me, kids. I'm going to, I'm going to show you what this life looks like. And so when I go to this audition, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about God. And so you know what I'm going to do, kids? I'm going to, I'm going to engage with other people. I'm going to ask them about themselves. I'm going to be about them, not about me. And I think that, you know, when we, one of, I think the greatest callings we have as parents is to, help our kids know that life is not about us. Life is about God. And, you know, the fact that you got at 18, that life is not about you, it was probably really early, you know, because, because so we, we just go through life from little kids, life is about them. You know, they're, they're living life about them. And, and one of the great things we can teach them is, is the opposite of that through, through just, you know, the, the the practical things that we do that are shifting our, the spotlight, look at God, giving God glory in the center of, you know, the thunderstorms or, um, you know, how can, how can I think about others today? How can I pray for other people today? How can I think less about me and more about my little brother here? What's a choice that I could make that would make, force me to die to myself and give my brother, as, as we talked about the other day with my kids, how can I give my brother, I've got a big piece of cake here and I've got a small piece of cake, I'm gonna give my brother the bigger piece of cake and then narrating for our kids. See, that that's dying to me. That is an example of making God famous by just doing these little things throughout the day. They don't have to be these big, you know, life-changing things, you know? Right. I love the phrase that you used there: shifting
0: the spotlight. That's mm. just I I'm I'm a big fan of word pictures. I had a guest the other day that was talking about how grace-filled her mother was, and she said, um, I found myself as a child continually stepping in the puddles of my mother's grace. And that has just Ooh. resonated with me ever since then. It's been weeks. And so just that phrase that you just used about shifting the spotlight, I think that's such an amazing word picture, especially also for us to use with our kids, because they understand that, that, oh. you know, to shift to the spotlight. It's not about me. It's about him. That's yeah. so good. Thank uh,
1: well <laughs> thanks. it's a, it's an acting thought you know that I think about a lot when I think about making God famous you know I want to stand spotlight stand center stage and God's like no I want you to shift the spotlight over to me mm-hmm. in your life so mm-hmm. yeah so
0: you've written a book about this you went from being an actor to now being an author that isn't always a normal transition. I don't don't know that normally an actor is also super passionate about writing. So was writing something that was always a part of you, or is it really the story and the message that inspired you to write this book?
1: It was a story and the message. Um, I, I felt like the Lord was asking me to write a book when I felt extremely inadequate to write a book because I hadn't done a lot of writing. I'd done some blogging And I think that's a great, God often will ask us to do very difficult things that bring him glory when we feel very inadequate to do so, so that he gets the credit, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, um, it was really this message of, you know, of what God really, you know, what, what God has done in my life and how he wants to use our stories, how he wants to use our talents, how he wants to use our everyday lives for his glory that really inspired, um, inspired me to write this book. So was it a hard process for you? It was, yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) It was, um, it was hard. Just, just the, the, it was emotional. You know, Mm -hmm. it was very an emotional process. It was a, it was a long process. It was three years from writing the proposal to releasing the book, um, just last week. Um, that, that really, um, it was, it was a long process. It was hard. It was, you know, finding, trying to decide, do I, do I do, do I self-publish? Do I, look for a publisher and finally finding a publisher and then going through the writing process, going through the editing process. I know as you, as you know, Kat, like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a long, um, arduous journey, but Oh my gosh, it's so, it's so good to be on the other side of it and look back and see what, how God has been with me that whole time, you know, and feeling his with me, feeling his nearness and his closeness the entire time. Um, cheering me on, seeing this, seeing the finish line and and running towards it, sometimes crawling towards it, but finally getting there, you know? Yes. What would you say to the mom that feels like she's on
0: the front end of a three-year journey, whether that journey is writing a book, whether that journey is walking her child through middle school, whether that journey is a journey of weight loss or forgiveness Mm -hmm. or counseling or whatever, what would you say to a mom at the front end of something difficult? And mm. challenging and, and encouraging her to embrace
1: that. Yeah. Well, I've, I feel like if God has called you to do that, God will see you to completion. Um, just like Moses, when he was called to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, that is a ginormous, long journey where he felt like, how in the world am I going to do this? And he asked the Lord, he's like, so who's going with me? And the Lord was like, no, I, I, I will be with you. I will be with you. It's not who's going with you. It's, it's that I am with you in the journey. And I've I've called you to do this. I'm going to see you through to the end. And, and then God did, and God does every single time, you know? So, and I think what it does is when we go through the journey, We have to continue to lean in to God, even in those hard times and remind ourselves. Sometimes I think of the, of the call in the first place, Hmm. I had to kind of keep going back to scripture that God gave me that where he called me to do this as I wrote the proposal. And he told me, I'm going to go out ahead of you. I'm going to break down bronze gates. I'm going to cut through their heavy iron bars. And you're going to know that I'm the Lord. I'm the God of Israel. And that was Isaiah 45, two through three. And I had to keep coming back to that because that was scripture that I could stand on, that, that it wasn't my feelings that I was, that were calling me in. It was God calling me into this. And, and, um, I think, and I think what helps us along the journey is, is having, is finding friends. They're going to speak truth to us even when it's hard. Um, finding people that are going to encourage us and cheer us along because three years, that's a marathon You know, yes. or whatever journey you're on. You don't, you can't do that on your own. You got to have people cheering you on. Not only, not just the Lord, but he is Put with around us community. We are here in community, so to have podcasts or close friends or whatever you know that that we can have to call on to say, "Hey, remind me of this." People that believe in us more than sometimes we believe in ourselves. You know, I know, um, I, I, my husband believed in me more than I believed in myself often, and not everybody has a husband, but they may have someone, a mom or a friend that, that can, can call them forward when they don't feel, I think we have to remind ourselves too, that we are going to feel discouraged and that's not bad that we feel discouraged. We're not wrong for feeling discouraged or even doubting, but it's a call then to, to, to lean into somebody who, who can cheer us forward and out of that place so that we can get to that finish line.
0: That's so good to remember our why and to surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us. And I think that takes us back to the conversation about vulnerability. It doesn't just have to be vulnerability about past things. It can be vulnerability about things that we hope for and things that we dream of. Um, So Lisa, for the mom who might pick up your book, what is she going to walk away with?
1: I feel like she will walk away empowered to live her life wherever she's at for the glory of God that she won't, that the, the, we don't need to think about what we feel like maybe God has called us to do later or, or regret where we have, or or long for where we have been, but that where we are right now, changing diapers, excuse me, or, or, about to be empty nesters or we're in the tween stage, wherever we're at, God has called us to live for the glory of his name, not wishing we were somewhere else or wishing where we were. Um, but that, that, that will be her. And, and to see if she does feel stuck that God has called her to get unstuck and that he wants to use her, her pain, her past, her, that the struggle that she's been through that she's currently going through um for for his purposes and for his his glory
0: what a great word for moms because it's so easy as a mom to look forward to other seasons or reminisce about past seasons oh yeah but if we can learn to embrace the season we're in and make him famous in the season that we are in right now with all of its weights and all of its worries then we're equipped to do that in the next season because as I've gone through motherhood I'm not I'm not all the way through my oldest is mm. 14. but I feel like in a sense it doesn't get any easier different aspects get easier yes it just gets different yes the hard things are just different and so I love the heart of your book that you know how can we make him famous where we're at you know maybe we we might dream in maybe in 20 years and my kids are out of the house maybe I'll go be a missionary somewhere but how can I make him famous right Mm -hmm. now
1: at the park at the mall Exactly. Yes. And I want to wait. Well, that's another mm, thing. That's a good phrase. You know, like, I don't want to wish that I was in the next phase. Cause especially when my kids were babies and in a hard, t- hard kind of physically hard times and challenging times when there's, you didn't feel like you got a lot of reward or conversation out of your kids, man, all I wanted to do was be out of that season and into the next season. And, and you know, whether parenthood or, or wherever, you know, whatever is part of life. And I, I want to, because I want to, I keep reminding myself constantly, I'm just, I'm going to wait well, you know, like Hannah, she had to wait well for that baby. You know, she had to wait well to get Samuel and, 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 and we don't know how long she had to wait, but she had her hands all over her weight, so to speak for a long time, you know? And, and when she finally released it and she just gave it to the Lord and said, God, whenever is your time and whenever you want to do this, I will, I will embrace it. But until then, I'm going to know that I can glorify you in the season that I'm in. You know, and especially with like the young, gosh, like I, I think sometimes make God famous sounds so big and grandiose, but we can make God famous as we, as we worship him, changing diapers or spending time on the floor with our babies, you know, or wiping up that spit up or whatever it is that glorifies God, because we're living into our purpose in that moment. What mm-hmm. God has called us to do in that moment, we are doing and we are doing well and saying, God, this is for you, you know.
0: So good. You know, as you were talking about just praying over our kids as we're, and, and making them famous while, while we changed diapers, it reminded me how at my church when you work in the nursery, they encourage you just as you're changing the kids' diapers every Sunday, and there's always a lot of kids, mm. just to pray over <laughs> them and to speak over them and, and, and you know, pray the, the word over them, pray um, just in different things over them. And It's such a powerful thing. You know, sometimes I'll do it and not think about it, but then I'll see other workers doing that, praying over these little ones. And I'm just like, that is so powerful. Just, you know, these are going to be grown up someday. These are going to be teenagers someday. And just the life that just... A a weekly worker who may be there for a couple months, maybe never again, is speaking scriptures and praying into these children's futures is such a powerful thing. And how much more so we as moms day in and day out to make those little things a habit, just praying over your baby while you change the diaper. Wow, Wow. that is truly, truly making him famous. I love that. And I love that phrase. I have a couple things now written down uh, that wait. well, (laughs) that's so good. So shifting the spotlight and waiting well. I love having nuggets to walk out of an interview with and and live into my day. So I know that those of you listening, you know, grab a pen, write those things down uh, to remind you throughout the day, how can I shift the spotlight to Jesus throughout the day? How can I wait well in the season that I'm currently in? Lisa, Mm -hmm. where can people find you online? Where can they get a copy of your book?
1: You can get a copy of my book wherever you can you find books, books, you know, places like Amazon or um a Lifeway Barnes and Noble Books A Million, um, anywhere there. And then my website is LisaLloyd.org. And then you can also find me on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Lisa J Lloyd, because my maiden name was Jones. So Lisa Lloyd was taken when I went to go uh, grab Lisa Lloyd. It's kind of a common name. So Lisa J. Lloyd.
0: <laughs> awesome. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Kat. It's been fun to talk with you. Yes, so much. Thank you so much.
1: Early you bet. In Bye. The morning, the house is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of an noble. this place my heart begins to sing it's gonna be a good day a good day filled with his grace his grace and sweet new mercy